It's time for inside. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. All right. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Ha, ha, ha. Well, how about that? <laughs> victory Monday, an unexpected victory Monday here, Thanksgiving week, 2022. Uh, for those that did not watch, <laughs> South Carolina 63, 63, all right, 63. Uh, I, I was sitting there bragging. This is all right. So, Phil, you know I've had a bad year predicting games, and and and, and I've just it's just been one of those years mm-hmm. where I have not been on. I have not. Um, <clears throat> I've done a, a couple of like parlays I've hit that have been pretty good. Um, just uh, I guess uh, with various other teams, but uh, and I've picked the Gamecocks okay. I mean, I picked them to beat A and M, beat Kentucky, of course not Missouri, but uh, you know I sat there and bragged on the Tennessee defense all week. Right, everybody we talked to, I was like, "Oh, well, as good as they are on offense, to the defense, boy, they they get after you." South Carolina took the fight to them. I, I think that uh, Tennessee sort of been living a little dangerously. Uh, you know, I got to give credit to Keith Alsup, who actually said South Carolina's receivers are probably better than than Alabama's, uh, and Alabama didn't go very far. Um, you know, I mean, our Alabama didn't go as far as the Gamecocks did. Let's put it that way. Uh, Spencer Rattler was masterful. I think that's the player everybody thought the Gamecocks would be getting. And uh, yeah. certainly six touchdowns. That's a that's a school record. So Rattler gets a school record. Um, <laughs> and uh, Carolina looked like a well-oiled machine and did all this without Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Bill Smith. Um, and, and there were other unsung heroes. You know, I don't know if anybody noticed. I put this in my game thoughts. Uh, Eric Douglas went out. During the game, and here comes Hank Manos, right? I know, out of nowhere, I was like, "Oh my God, we got Manos under center." Here we go. Yeah, here, here, here's, it all falls apart. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, Manos. We hadn't heard from him since his back-to-back less than stellar games in Charlotte, right? And here comes Hank. He walked with the walked with the seniors, right? Uh, and he's a good kid, hardworking kid. I've always been a fan of his, just as a person and his family and all that are great. Um, I don't know them that well, but I, I know I know people that know them that really like them. And Hank held his own. And then how about Peyton Williams on defense? Oh, you my know, goodness. Another for, freshman standout. You know. True freshman coming in on the secondary. Uh, boy, the secondary's got a bright future, especially back at safety. Yeah. At, the, at the one position that for 10 years we've all kind of scratched our head and going, why aren't the safeties better? Well, there's a roadmap now to safety excellence, right? Um, that sounds like a – like, like one of those signs you see in a place uh, a place where people work. We have safety excellence here. 90, <laughs> 95 days without an accident or whatever. Yeah, that's you know. right. I was going to say how many yeah. days without an accident. And, uh, <laughs> and so safety excellence at the University of South Carolina now. Did it all, and I mentioned all week about the positive of this this game would be the publicity and, and as long as they could stay in it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I, I feel like an idiot because it's 35-17. <laughs> 35-24 or whatever, and uh, they're doing more than staying in it. Uh, 
I don't know. You know, I, I think once it got once it got to 35-31, there were some anxious moments. And then as this to, to this offense's credit in some in big games this year, and I'm, the big wins, Kentucky, AM, and now Tennessee, uh, they've responded when they've needed to. And and they did that the other night. They went uh, right back down the field, 42-31, 49-31. Uh, I think I hit euphoria when it was 56-31. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> Shane's not finished. Nope. I'm and, like, oh, let's uh, get another one. Chucked <laughs> it in the end zone again, 63-31. I, I don't blame him. You know, that Tennessee has been so good at, at, at scoring stuff this year. I think you want to get as many points as you can. But uh, it does look like the Gamecocks uh, are the, have the inside track to the Gator Bowl, which is December 30th. And um, – there's two projected matchups out there that should be pretty intriguing. One is Florida State, which I think that would be tremendous, right? Florida State, Carolina, and the Gator Bowl. That would Bowl. be a great game. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the other one, and it's not going to sit too well around my house if this happens, is Notre oh, Dame. Oh, no. <laughs> that would also be a great game. <laughs> that's going to be a little bit. That's going to cause old JC some issues here on the homestead, you know. <laughs> You're going to get a, you know, we're going to beat your team clown, you know, we're going <laughs> to that kind of thing. So Nana sports chat box as always is, is uh, Cartwright gets in here at nine, four, 10, 47 AM, 13 minutes y'all, early. I can't even compete with y'all. I mean, uh, can't keep up rather with the chat box today. Jason. Like, I love like, it. Look, man, it's, it's like, like he's standing in line for Taylor Swift tickets, right? Uh, he says, <laughs> Let, let's freaking go. I was nine years old when my dad and brother went to my first game. We beat Bama in 2001. I remember that game. That was the Phil Petty comeback game. That offense played pretty well that day, too. And the fans stormed. Mm-hmm. And this time I was there again. Three generations present. Me, my dad, my brother, and nephew. And, and I said this before. It's about family, win or lose. And, and, and moments like those, about. moments like those are you're going to remember that for the rest of your life. And, and so is your dad and brother and nephew, man. Um, you know, and that's what makes it special. That's what. That that those moments, uh, I think, yep. is what makes it special. Craig, Craig goes, just drop your nuts. We need t-shirts. Just drop your nuts. <laughs> Cam Cam Smith, uh, by the way, major props to him shutting down Jalen Hyatt, uh, and, and uh, I'm sure Keith Keith's got some things to say about that. We have him Keith also coming up with his Monday review. Um, tell you what, but, JC, there were a lot of Gamecocks made a lot of money on Saturday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I think I think Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, you know, you could you could you can kind of see a lot of these guys did did well. Queasy says, not to brag, but I did say USC matched up better to UT than Bama, and that the college football playoff runs through Columbia. Yes, you did. Major props, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know, Key said this, and I agree with him. If I do it player to player, that. You know, Alabama's receivers, maybe there's more guys that will end up in the NFL. But right now, if I had to take one receiving core or the other, like if I could take Juice and Josh Van and Amari Brown and Xavier Leggett and, and all those guys and, and put them on Bama, uh, I think I, I would I would trade if I were the Tide, if I were Saban. I would, tra- I would make that trade. Um, and I think that's been vindicated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we've known all year there's weapons on this offense, blah, 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 blah. Um. Queasy says the wisdom of Satterfield to hold all those plays for the Tennessee game. He really is the smartest man in the room. I don't know. Joseph says, happy, happy, happy. Uh, our team is like werewolves and vampires. It reminds me of that movie Underworld with Kate Beckinsale. 
Um, they did play play well at night. I mean, I, I, and I think you know we're we're, we're not we're not to LSU the status of LSU yet because LSU, um, you know, as far as the, the crowd and stuff goes, obviously South Carolina's got a long way to go to to be LSU as a program. But there's this mystique about them playing at night down in Baton Rouge, and then they their university and they always want a night game, and, and when it's a day game. That home field advantage, which I consider, I consider LSU's home field advantage to be one of the best in college football. Um, it's awesome, you know. For those mm-hmm. of you that have never been, it's loud. The crowd is obnoxious. They play, uh, they cuss at you. You know, uh, my buddy got yeah. hit in the face. My, my Georgia buddy got hit in the face with a ham sandwich one time. I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, so, uh, so there you go with that. So I, I think Carolina's nighttime advantage and. Maybe it's the power of the light show now, Phil. Uh, They haven't lost. They haven't lost at home. They didn't lose a home night game at all. Um, And underdogs and they were underdogs and against against the A and M and Tennessee. So they've been underdogs in two of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Queasy says, "I want to hear some gossip. What happened between Banks and Hooker? That's going around on uh, UT message boards. They're saying that's why they lost. I don't know." I didn't see I'm anything. I'm not sure like either. Yeah. Mm-mm. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. Touchdown Carolina heard me. Boom. Um, Todd said something about bringing it down to the turf on, on one of his calls. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> what's your favorite uh, vampire movie? Queasy says Blackula. I kind of like that. Movie. No, I love that. That's yeah, awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. How about a uh, vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy? That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying Twilight. If you think I'm going to say Twilight, I'll never say Twilight. Never say Twilight. No, I'm going with Lost Boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm. I'll throw me on the Lost Boys pile as well. Uh, Adam asked if we're living in a simulation. <laughs> Saturday felt like the Matrix. It did. You know, yeah, I, and I always say this: like, these are these are human beings, not video game players. But dude, they look like a video game out there. I mean, they literally ping, 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 ping. Crager says FSU in the Gator Bowl. It's gonna be FSU or Notre Dame, most likely. Um, and the only reason I say that, I know Brad's got kind of an inside track on that. I feel comfortable at Carolina, but Brett McMurphy, who also has a lot of inside tracks on bowl projections, uh, said Carolina and the Irish in his projections today. Um, now <clears throat> when we get more toward Bowl selection Sunday. Watch McMurphy because he's a lot like the guy. Uh, what's the guy? Rinaldi that does not Rinaldi. Oh, Tom. Uh, the, the guy that does Mar- uh, the bracketology. Anyway, oh, for ESPN. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why well, is it? Isn't it? But, but, uh, but McMurphy does a really good job with that. I mean, he had it pegged last year. Um, also says we need Tony to pick us to lose by 50 from now on. <laughs> hey, I picked 28, <laughs> man. Gregor uh, yeah. said a 54-17. He's eating all of it today. Um, Cat Cocky Gaming says, I will just say two of 24 good games does not make a good OC. But if you can use it as a learning experience and, and more games make sense this way, I'm okay with him. would rather see a change. That's going to kind of all get figured out. I, I think I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I think I, I don't want to sit here after a, a win on a Monday and, and, and get on the subject again. Um, we'll get on it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm just like, yeah. we, we talk it so much. Um, and you know, no matter what kind of happened in the game, it worked. 
and so you got to give credit to Shane Beamer, Marcus Satterfield, the entire coaching staff. I mean, there was a, a probably no belief outside of that building, you know, and as much crap as Shane took after the Florida game, oh, he's just this, that, and the other. I think uh, our boy Spence called him the clapper. And by the way, that's not Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer never went winless in the SEC, like the guy, like the actual clapper. Like the uh, actual clapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bryce Drew from Vandy. You know, I, I thought he, I'll call it, we call it me. That's mine and Keith's. We call him the clapper, but not this guy. So, um, you know, as much crap as they took all week, uh, you know, and, and then the sense of belief inside the program uh, showed. Uh, the crowd, I think, once Carolina went down and scored twice, the, the long pass to Josh Van, they were totally in it the whole game. They were invested. Um, you did it with Herbie and Fowler in the booth. I mean, wow. They're sitting there going there. I think they were in the limo going to the airport in Columbia. You kind of see some like a Bojangles or something. In the, they were doing some kind of Instagram thing. And they had a lot of great things to say about South Carolina. Uh, and they said a lot about getting that program back to where it used to be. Um, and they had great guys that were sitting there talking about getting the program back to where it used to be instead of like getting to the, the program to where it's never been. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. kind of, re- it kind of reassures you a little bit. that like, okay, you know, it's been a tough 10 years, but people do believe that South Carolina can bounce back. And, and I think, yeah. you know, Saturday night told you, told, told you this, Adam says, cannot tell me Saturday wasn't a collaboration <clears throat> of the offensive coaches. Sat doesn't come up with that on his own. Tony Morrell said as much this morning. Uh, I will give you this. It was a collaboration. I mean, but, uh, you know, they usually – they they that's not kind of out of the ordinary, but um, I don't know. Uh, Hutch said, was Michael Flint right? Was Tennessee looking ahead to Vandy? <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking about that. I was like, oh, I hope these UG players are watching this Vandy game. That way we get catch them looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not going to laugh. I'm not laughing at Vandy because a hell of a win no, by man, Clark yeah. Lee beating the Florida what, Gators. Yeah, he has put a program together. I, I figured they'd win one at one conference game. I did not have them pegged for two, but look out, Vols, because Vandy's playing for bowl eligibility this week. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, I think, I, you know, I'll be curious to see if Vandy, because I think Mike Wright played most of the game against the Gators. I'll be curious to see if they go back to that freshman and try to chunk it down the field um, on the Vols. Because otherwise, I think they sort of play right into Tennessee's hands, like a lot of running, and and Tennessee's pretty good on run defense and all that. Uh, Thomas Sanders uh, uh, says, what's up, guys? I think Sats earned him a week of silence. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe a week. We'll I don't give him know. his due. We'll give him his due. Congratulations, Marcus, on a masterfully cold game. I mean, yeah. really, we've been, you know, waiting on it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a lot of patterns held this weekend, undefeated at night, undefeated when we get a turnover, and no SEC lead changes all year. Yeah, that's it. Lead change thing's interesting. Yeah, that is uh, interesting, think, yes. <laughs> I'll say this, too, though, and, and also with, when you talk about big picture and, you know, Tennessee series, like – like, you know, as disappointing as it was for Missouri to get four in a row, and I think that's the new Kentucky series, right? You got to fix that. Yep. Um, you know, this Tennessee series, Phil, it goes three, 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 and now one. <laughs> uh, and they hadn't all been the favorite. You know, the favorite hadn't always won. Our Tennessee really cost Carolina in 2013 mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a did. shot. And so, 
Um, and that was a two-point game. This was just a a bloodletting. I mean, this was this was a blowout. Um, Clint JB says his source said they dumbed it down, only ran about 20-ish plays and made it simple so they could just go play. Well, I think that's been the key all year. I don't know why it hadn't happened before, yep. but that's good. No, no. Um, <laughs> board online says, seriously, though, what happens if the offense works like that against Clemson and the bowl to sat stake? I don't want to speculate on that. I don't either. Um, yeah. Are we having technical issues, Phil? By the way, let's say oh ten oh two that came in earlier. Yeah. Uh-oh. Peyton Williams. It may have been a little jumpy at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to scroll down a little bit because we've it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, Caleb says can't, they can't even enjoy it. JC threw away Missouri and Florida should be nine and two. By the way, thanks for the stickers. Mm-hmm. Um. I bet Caleb, Carolina Rise stickers. I said him so. Thanks for doing it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of one of these people that you, you just need to look forward uh, with things. Um, you can't change it. Uh, you can't change what happened. I agree. I, I think, quite frankly, um, they've left wins on the field the last two years uh, for that reason. But today. I'm going to find some joy, like Quantrell says. It was a historic night. Uh, that's the most points Carolina, I think, has scored at home against an SEC opponent ever. Uh, it's the most that they've scored, second most of all time. Tanny Hill uh, in 1995, uh, he was quarterback in a team that was bad on defense, good on offense. They went to Mississippi State and went off. They, they won 65-39. Steve Spurrier never had a 63-point game against an SEC team at home. Uh, and and Muschamp, of course, did not either. But uh, I, uh, you know, I don't know. So yeah, all these Mount Mars standing to this win save Satterfield's job. I don't know. Uh, that's that's my question. Um, uh, you know, that's a question we got to answer uh, as we move forward. Um, Macadino podcast says, I think seeing how the next two games go, if it's close to being a good game plan, uh, I think giving Sat another year, but hired a GA that can replace him in the first four games next year if it doesn't go right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with that. Um, you know, uh, Joe Milton, isn't it? Yeah, see, it's interesting. Milton's got a really strong arm. Mm-hmm. but uh, And he actually won the job, beat Hooker out in the beginning of last year. Uh, and he's a he's a Central Florida kid uh, from Orlando that went to Michigan originally. And so I think Heupel knew of him from UCF. Uh, and they brought him in. He was originally the starter. And, uh, you know, I don't – I would – you know, I, I think if I'm Tennessee, I'm getting to 10-2 and two and enjoying the Sugar Bowl or, or whatever bowl they go to, you know. Right, yeah. It would be a big um, New Year's Six showcase, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's one of those things. Um, Milton Milton threw a better deep ball than Hooker. He did, and that's his strength. Mm-hmm. So, maybe maybe they do it. Uh, it's me, says, have to avoid the letdown game now. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you could be let down against Clemson. How, no, how, I mean, how you? I mean, and guess what, folks? The Tigers are hitting their stride just like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know Miami's not very good, <laughs> uh, and Louisville lost their quarterback at halftime, but they're they're playing. I think they're playing a little bit better, uh, a little bit better than they did before. Um, you know. Uh, that, that kind of thing. Uh, Contrail says, I really like how Beamer calls people out after doubting his team. Carolina takes a lot of disrespect nationally. So I feel like you have to have that approach as a game co- coach. I agree. I think we all like that. I think, I think, I think this program's, you know, think of who the better coaches around uh, uh, football coaches here have been Spurrier, 
uh, Joe Morrison certainly was uh, a unique character and, you know, did not take a back seat to anybody. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the times that this, this program has really been good. You know, I, th I think they've had that kind of spunky, I guess spunky leadership. Is that a good, good term to say? <laughs> Rebecca mm -hmm. says, hi, JC, the queen of the Spurs up show is in the house. What's up? Um, and Jackie says, did you see the question about Lloyd coming back next season? I, yeah, I, I'll get that. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Lloyd's going to play again this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I would hope. You know, it'd be great. I mean, you had Marshawn Lloyd to, to what they did the other night. Um, that was man. that was my whole take on my rewatch. It's just like, man, we could have been running this offense with a healthy Marshawn Lloyd all year long. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, Macadino makes a point. Joe Milton does have a cannon, but he's not accurate like Hooker, and that's what makes that offense go. And you're absolutely right. Uh, for as many times uh, as bombs away, they go down the field. They 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 cut you with those ten and fifteen yard passes. Man, I don't care a lot of you know. Look, five hundred eight yards is not pretty. Uh, however many you know, uh, first thirty eight points is never pretty, but. <laughs> I thought the defense made plays when it had to, and that's exactly you know you can beat you can beat a team like Tennessee in a couple of different ways. The most important thing uh, I think, Phil, is always time of possession. Uh, time of possession doesn't mean anything in some games, but some games it does. Carolina seventeen minute time of possession advantage, um, and they scored. And then the other thing is score when you have the opportunity, like last year with the Jordan Birch pass. You know <laughs> that wasn't cool. Uh, and, and Tennessee, and don't let them get momentum on either side of the ball. And it can happen on either side. It can happen with a long touchdown pass. And boy, they their first drive after Carolina goes up seven nothing. I mean, you blinked and it was tied. Yeah, it was bang, bang, bang. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, there's Tennessee. So, I mean, I, I just you know, I'm just like one of those things. Um, and, and then boom, and then but then boom, and then boom. And, you know, and the defense, you got to get like incremental stops. You can't mm -hmm. let them score every possession. Uh, it, it's good to get turnovers. It's good to hold them to field goals. And and they did all that. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, you know, Chris C says, does Beamer not like Hypo? Heard on the broadcast he was glaring at their sideline after we hit 63. I don't know what that was all about either. <laughs> um, yeah. that, that was kind of the thing. Uh, I don't know that there's beef with Hypo. Maybe, I mean, they haven't even recruited against each other that much. I mean, you have Mazio Bennett. Who's a 2024 kid, but um, that went to Tennessee. But I, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. You know, to, to me, I mean, Josh Heupel isn't the type of guy that like stirs the pot, right? <laughs> uh, but maybe something was said, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Hunter points out he might not be a fan of Bobby Hill. <laughs> Damn it, oh, Bobby! Dang it. No, Damn it, Bobby. Josh! How did you lose to the Gamecocks? Um, Lady Breeze says our D players made up for lack of a good schemes by the DC. You can't stop a team with a mo mobile quarterback. Hendon didn't run much last night, but his sex was successful when he did. Yeah, I think that uh, I think you got to pick your poison in that. But I agree with you that uh, they uh, Tennessee abandoned the run once once it got to a certain point. Uh, Tennessee just started chunking it all over the yard. And I, I think anytime you can make a team one dimensional uh, at some point, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, 
That's advantageous to your defense, although I know it wasn't perfect. Um, Walter Subcheck says, how about number five Haddon running his mouth all game and pushing Spencer into the ground? Yeah. It got a little chill. I mean, look, if I were Tennessee, I'd be frustrated too. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – they lost a lot. They lost – I mean, you know, they lost a good bit. That, that was uh, a season-spoiling loss. Yeah, it really yes. was. They were set up perfectly after what happened last week and even the close games that were being played all day leading into this, they dropped a huge opportunity. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, cause you saw like Michigan sneak by Illinois and BD Belima and, yeah. uh, you know, all those guys. So I, I, uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I think he's Rick says he thinks Shane Stare was all about the Tennessee players yapping on our sideline while getting boat raced. Yeah, that's, that's, that wasn't a, that wasn't a good look. So, um, so uh, there we go. Uh, Robert points this out, and I made I made mention of this in my notes. I liked how we had Nate Atkins in the backfield to block on some plays. Something new to the scheme gave Racker time. Right, like time. Yeah, and Beamer mentioned that. Um, you know, I, I think that's good. I mean, because you know, it, sometimes. Blocking is just a split second, uh, and you get a guy and you just kind of run him in. Spurrier used to say this. He's like, "Just get in the way. Just get in his way. <laughs> you know, give me time." <laughs> and Nate, Nate had some good blocks, and I, I don't think they were quite prepared for that because that was a new deal. And so what they were doing was was blitzing, and and we had it picked up. And then Spencer stepped up like he has not done a lot this year. Steps up in the pocket. Or when he had to scramble, he I mean, he made some great scramble plays, too. I mean, mm-hmm. that uh, touchdown to Jaheim Bell. The touchdown, yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. he, he yeah. goes right, left, comes back. All, and all of a sudden, there's Jaheim wide open and walks into the end I zone. I love, like, the little hopscotch step into the end zone there. A little <laughs> two-foot jump right in front of the defender. That's great. What a good night. What a fun night. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That's a good way to describe it, Phil. Fun. Taylor says, Taylor Fulmer. Are you related to Philip Fulmer? Mm. Probably not. Just got to say it again because I'm so proud. I've been defending Rattler all year. Glad he showed everyone he is him. Yes. Yeah. And, and look, and it's good for South Carolina too because you sit there and, you know, there's so much talk about the scheme and the offense and, and other people know it. I mean, announcers and, and pundits and people like that. It was pretty obvious. And, and so had Rattler not done that and he continued to struggle and, you know, I don't know if he'll go pro or not, but let's say Williams Bryce, that was his last game. He went out on a high note. Uh, I think that really helps not only him and his future, but like South Carolina, uh, you know, let's say they want to hit the portal for another quarterback or they want to do this. It it helps give them kind of some ammo uh, in recruiting. By the way, every recruit had a blast. Desmond Yu, uh, Umi Azulu. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, saw it on so on social media. I, I don't really follow that follow that many recruits on social media, but I do follow Desmond. He was on the field, you know, with a Instagram story or whatever, saying no place like home and and all that. And that's a big time four star DN for Maryland, folks. You need him. You need him to have a good that's time. Right. <laughs> uh, and my understanding is every recruit that was there was unbelievable. Um. Daddy O says we were just waiting on the ESPN primetime game to flip the switch. Yeah, I think that's the first time Fowler's called a Carolina game. Uh, I think I mentioned that it was Musburger and Herm yeah. Street in 2012. And you, you know mm-hmm. what kind of makes you a little bit 
it, happy is, you know, I've heard him talk about touchdown Clemson and Clemson this and Clemson that and all these playoff games over the years. So it's kind of kind of refreshing to hear old Kurt, you know, Chris Fowler say South Carolina. Uh, so that was, that was pretty solid there. Um, Jim says, Vols board is highly entertaining. Called JC out. <laughs> yeah, it's probably over that little Twitter spat I get into. And I did apologize. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. You were the bigger man in that situation. You're right, guys. I was <laughs> yeah. out of line. And then I was I deleted, out of line. Then I deleted that. You know, I was out of line. But uh, and then blame the refs. I don't. I didn't, maybe the refs might have missed some contact here and there. Uh, instead, we put sand on the field to slow them down, like a like an actual sandstorm. Oh my god! Shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anything but giving us any credit. Anything but giving us any credit. I feel, I mean, and look, man, I feel bad for that. I, I feel bad for certain members of that fan base that uh, yeah. have suffered through a lot, that love their balls, that are good, good people, you know, that, that I know. Uh, but I, I think when anytime there's a loss like that, you're searching for anything. And, you know, you can't believe you lost a little old South Carolina by that, mm. blah, blah, blah. And so you're you're making up stuff like put sand on the field. I mean, it's sandstorm for God's sake. That's a, that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. My boy Lance says I have no voice left, and I'm still drunk. <laughs> Lance, once it became apparent Carolina was going to win, Lance, you're, you're one of the first people I thought about. I yeah, was like, same. Lance <laughs> is probably <laughs> balling out right now, like everybody. Else. You know, uh, Rebecca says, I know how we won over the Tennessee Falls. How's that, Rebecca? Um, Daddy O says, I don't feel bad for any of them. SC Scott guy says, is Nick and Warrior out for the first half of the Clemson game? I think so. Maybe there's an appeal. I don't know. I, I, they changed that targeting rule this year. So, but I think he is. I think he's, I think he's there. Uh, oh, Crager says, Cousin Shane is dying with this loss. That's one of the ones I kind of feel bad for. I did feel bad for Cousin Shane. He did not sound like himself on the podcast this weekend. He just, yeah, they were very sad. Very sad Je ball fans. Jeffrey asked, what does a boat race mean? Uh, it's a term, boat race. I, I'm not sure exactly where it came from. Yeah, we <laughs> but it means earlier in the season, it comes from uh, rowing, crew. Rowing, that's right. Yeah. You get blown out, so that's good for that. So, um He's not out because he was kicked out in the first half and not the second. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank yep. you, Macadino. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Macadino. That's good. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back to more Nana Sports chat box. Got some iHelp Consulting mailbag questions to get to here on Victory Monday. Uh, just for the record, and I'll mention this briefly, not a good weekend for the men's basketball team no. at all. Uh, sad. You know, sad. <laughs> this is the best way to describe that performance. Uh, over three games, but uh, the women did get a big win. I, man, how about this? I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, it, it's Sunday afternoon during NFL football season, uh, and ABC goes with South Carolina Stanford women's basketball on network yeah. TV. And, and Don right Staley and Andrew, hard fault mm -hmm. overtime win over the trees out there in Palo Alto, 76 71. So, congrats to her and the number one team uh, in the country. I will be back. We will be back. We will all be back right here after these messages uh, on Inside the Game Costa Show. Just as your State Farm... 
just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all 
ages, and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers in the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for your upstate residential real estate needs. And we appreciate so many of you making our show appointment viewing, apparently, this morning. We see all of y'all. If you would, do us a favor. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and just hit subscribe. doesn't cost you a thing. And give us a thumbs up on the video. We would really appreciate it. JC, what? I mean, I just, you know, still euphoric. I, I can't believe it. Half of me can't believe it. The other half of me is like, where was this all year? And and now I'm like, we only have one game left. And thank goodness we look better than we have all year heading into it, right? <laughs> and look, man, it's a big one. And, and for all these players from South Carolina <clears throat> that have had their noses rubbed in it by that crew uh, for mm-hmm. years now and the fan base, I mean, it, it's important. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think it's important for Carolina to be competitive in the game Saturday. I, I think it would be it would be terribly disappointing uh, if they go up there and it's the same Clemson Carolina game we've watched for the last however many years uh, up at Clemson. But look, man, they, they've got a good football team. They've uh, I don't think they're their dominant selves uh, that they've been. But, uh, you know, they've. I've had a favorable schedule. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, to say the least, uh, even the big, uh, the mighty North Carolina Tar Heels go down to Georgia Tech t- this weekend. So the ACC, boy, it's it's not been all that stellar this year. But uh, I, I, in this game, I don't know that it even matters. I mean, I, you know, Clemson's just got had that mental edge. We'll talk with Sawyer Nicks about it uh, tomorrow on the mental edge, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, they got to go shoot their shot. They got to refocus quickly, uh, in other words, because Clemson's going to be sitting there going, "Oh yeah, you beat UT, but you're not beating us," uh, and they're going to be they're going to be fired up. You put a little bit more of a bullseye on you there, and Clemson, like Tennessee, is trying to get to the college football playoff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if the Gamecocks can go, that would be that'd be two in a row, uh, two teams you want to beat every year that you beat uh, and knock them out of the playoff, and that's kind of that's a special narrative. It is. Um, it would just be poetic. <laughs> yeah, very, very poetic. Uh, Brandon says, I still need someone to explain to me how this happened. It makes no sense. How can a team <laughs> that has been this bad play this good? Yeah, especially on offense, man. I mean, we know how bad the offense has been. Uh, you know, Jim says on Clemson, I would guess they blitz the hell out of us. They always do. But Tennessee did, too. Yeah, you know, Tennessee is a blitzed, high risk, high reward type of team. Now, Clemson's better in the secondary than Tennessee by by a fair margin. Um, Tennessee's got a lot of name guys back there, but they haven't played that well uh, this year at all. In fact, Wes Rucker talked to us about it. I have not seen a team really go off passing the ball on Clemson. They're, they're a little more susceptible to the run, that type of thing. 
Uh, I think defense, you know, um, was probably is probably going to need to sell out to stop the run. And I, I think Lady Bree was talking about mobile quarterbacks. Clemson will run DJ. They, yep. I mean, they, they're not afraid to run him and loosen up a defense. So we'll see sort of what uh, happens. Uh, J-Rock says they should have started the broadcast Saturday with you're about to enter the twilight zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, forgot. Yeah, Richard Richard points this out. Wake Forest lit them up through the air. Uh, they did, but, you know, I, I think they had two starters out in the secondary in that game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I forgot about that Wake game. So, you know, never going to happen since I'm 42 and I've been going to Carolina games since I was five. Saturday was the most enjoyable football game I've ever watched South Carolina play. And, yeah, it was because it was just so different. I mean, uh, even during the Spurrier years, you know, South Carolina's offense wasn't always – you know, very few times was it this explosive and, and mm-hmm. dominant uh, against a team, was a top five team, no doubt. Um, and that's what kind of made it fun because it was so different. It, it wasn't like an 18-13 defensive struggle where, or, or like a 24-21 game where Carolina kicks a field goal at the end and a lot of bad things happened to Tennessee and they couldn't overcome it. This was just a like, it was like one of those games in the Big 12 where, you play a team with a good offense and, you know, nobody really plays a lot of D and, and you just go in there and, and, and you get that momentum and you, you establish that momentum. And that's what it is. Tennessee's a momentum team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many times it, when I've watched them play under Hypo the last two years, really, they always, even in games they lose, go out and get momentum early. South Carolina did a great job taking the ball and had a sustained drive down the field, scored, got the momentum, and then, you know, there we go. Tennessee counterpunches quick. Boom. Here we go. All right. Well, here comes Carolina right back. 60-yard touchdown pass. You know, oh, well, there we go. And then a stop. And then it's 21-7. And all of a sudden, the momentum starts to snowball in the opposite direction. Uh, And that's how you beat a team like this. I mean, you can do it many different ways. Uh, you can line up like 95 Nebraska did against Florida and just run over them if, you're, if you've got that kind of advantage. I don't think South Carolina did. Um, or you can try to match them uh, and, and go down the field and, and have, your, have you, you make the big plays. And, and you mm-hmm. kind of turn the table, and that's exactly what happened Saturday night. But, yeah, it was just so different. It was just so different uh, than any other Carolina game ever. And I just have to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, the players, Beamer, Satterfield, you know, whoever was was over, you know, all the guys. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, Pike says the mental edge will be very important this week. Uh, we can contain our emotions this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I just got to go execute just just like you did against Tennessee. Don't change. Don't change anything up. Don't, yeah, but please just you know? keep doing. Be aggressive and go after it. You know, yeah. just do it. What do you got to lose? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, no doubt. Macadino says, I'm worried about our D-line for next season. we got to get a stud out of the portal. Well, Tonka Hemingway's back. I think Birch will probably come back. I mean, no guarantee there, but uh, I, think he, I think he's close to having, like, a next-year breakout type of year, kind of like Pickens, where he'll get drafted. Jordan Strong has eligibility. Um, you know, and like I said, Tonka Hemingway put Boogie Huntley on the inside. But Mac I, I, Macadino, I, I'm gonna say this: I, I think they do if they can find an edge guy uh, out of the portal, and that's not always easy. Um, and then speaking of the edge guys in portal, Terrell Dawkins is still—I mean, he's still there. He was just hurt all year. Um, but uh, that's the deal there. Uh, so hopefully, um, 
hopefully it will work out. But yeah, I, as we and we'll, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into the roster uh, recruiting. Uh, Shane Beamer just had a t- tweet that said, uh, "Good news incoming on the recruiting trail." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fired up, uh, and my my understanding is the recruits that were there the other night uh, were just blown away. Like I said, and that's what you wanted. I mean, and you wanted that, that to happen, win or lose. Mm-hmm. But you have a win like that, and that's you know instead of instead of like sticking sticking close at halftime. Let's say Carolina had lost sixty three thirty eight. The scores were kind of reverse. It was still close at halftime. The Gamecocks would have still cut it to four in the third. Uh, Recruiting-wise, you've kind of done your job there, and anything over that's gravy. So, man, there's a lot of gravy. <laughs> By the way, if you ever heard yeah. my, if you if you get a chance, catch Mike Leach's uh, Thanksgiving interview after his team won this. Yeah, past that weekend. was great. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> he, he apparently Mike's in charge of the gravy. He doesn't yeah, cook he anything makes else. The gravy, yeah, lots of gravy, lots of mashed potatoes. Don't care yeah. for the, just a little dab of the cranberry sauce. Um, Jared says Elijah Davis doesn't seem like a cock lock. Well, that's where my crystal ball is at. Uh, till I hear otherwise, I, I think uh, I think I think it'll come. I think it'll come. But I need to kind of look up that. Look that Hale had an update today. I did not read. Uh, Cartwright says Tennessee won't try the orange helmets again for like five more years. They looked a lot like Clemson. I thought with their uniforms, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is kind of weird. I know it's a different shade of orange and all that, but under those lights with those orange helmets, it kind of. Um, Doc says Clemsucky. Yeah, are are you are you combining Clemson with Kentucky? Is one dimensional <laughs> run left right veers DJ still can't pass the ball? D line could be a real problem, but they've been up and down too. They haven't always played as well as you thought. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it, though. Saturday, there the Clemson will bring its A game. I mean, this is a huge game for them. You know, um, a huge game. Uh, so that's the deal. Quantrill says, JC, do you think if Rattler finishes on this hot streak, it will make Carolina more attractive for the next pissed off five-star quarterback that wants a fresh start? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I think it was important for him to have a good year. Same with G, like Gigi Jackson in basketball. I don't want to talk too much about the team right now because obviously um, it did not go well in Charleston. Got some but things it, to iron out, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an understatement. <laughs> but – uh uh, you lose lose by nineteen to Furman, man. Oh mm. gosh, that yeah, was ugly. That one hurt. Yeah, but uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, you know it's important for Gigi Jackson to have a good year and get to the NBA. Um, just and, and it's because the future. You know, you, you want to kill the narrative that South Carolina is, is where great players can't be their best. You know, you want to kill that narrative. So I think it's important. Um, Macadino says Clemson D-line has talent, but they can't just rush four anymore and get pressure like they used to. That's why their DBs are getting exposed. I'm all for exposing DBs. And and I did yeah. say I thought Clemson's got more talent than Tennessee in the secondary. I think they got better players. But South Carolina's receivers are awfully good. Yeah, so we've so. been saying it all year long. We've got all the playmakers that you could want to have a successful outing such as what we saw Saturday. And it's just, you know, we finally got it. Caveman Kev says, saw Harbor's girlfriend committed to Carolina for track. Does that help our chances with it? I would think so. Uh, Now, I'll I'll say this. These things can work both ways with these girlfriends, right? (laughs) We we were all in high school once, right? We were all in high school uh, at one point in time. So uh, I think it does. I think it does as of right now. 
but that that's kind of like playing with fire a little bit, you know, because that could also blow up in your face if uh, if there's a breakup or something, you know. Uh, and I hate it, you know, and that has to, uh, to as co- coaches, that's probably to drive them nuts that like you're sitting there, you know, dependent on this relationship of high school level working, a romantic relationship in high school, and the mm-hmm. the young man is a five star football player. I mean, ah. Hopefully it's endless love. Uh, everybody, everybody, say a prayer for Nick Harbor's relationship right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> that it's all solid and strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's solid and strong. Yeah, we need that. Adam makes a point about basketball. He says we need a healthy Michi Johnson, and Hayden Brown needs to do what he did the first two games. Is top trying to be a guard. Michi being hurt hurts us. It does. It yeah, does. He, yeah, he needs a, to get healthy. Tough injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Ryan says, do you think they did something to simplify how they get the play calls to the players and reduce the playbook? They didn't look confused and everyone knew what to do. That's my understanding. And I also understand that uh, they 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 had they kind of ran the same plays, right? But they they put little wrinkles in the formations and good, you know, this is what good offense does at the college level. They, you know, you, you may run the same play uh, out of five different formations, uh, you know, and they 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 the personnel groupings were not the focus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they just got lined up, put a little window dressing on it, and rolled. And I think that's a very intelligent way to approach offense with this group. Um, just, you know, just put a little window dressing on it uh, and go. Uh, Jesse says, just joining in, JC, what do you chalk this crazy offensive performance to? Spencer just been messing things up all season or sat letting it loose? Uh, I think it's – Depending on letting it, what what the definition of letting him loose is, um, I think they took a lot of pressure off of him uh, to where he could just go play his game. It, it um, felt like the the entire offense was just a lot more comfortable with what was being called and how the flow of the game was. So it it, it just it kind of points to a simplification or at least just a reversion back to what you do best. Yeah, exactly, and and I, and I think that that's. Uh, and it looked like the Vander. It looked a lot like that Vandy game, Phil. I mm-hmm. mean, and you think about it. I mean, doing this type of stuff, put thirty-one on Vandy at half, uh, second half, seven points. Uh, Tennessee never stopped them. So that should, should, should kind of tell you, tell some folks something. You know, mm-hmm. probably need to do that. Uh, Quantrell says, "Can't wait to see Anthony Rose and Keenan Nelson next year." I feel like Carolina has NFL corners waiting in the wings every year. Perhaps. You know, I, I think what gives you faith and hope, too, is if there's a chance for any of these guys, Torian Gray is going to get it out of them. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, here, here's a guy that played well last night nobody's talking about. It's Marcellus Dye. You know, two pass breakups. Uh, he got beat some, and, and he always does. But, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of thought that, um, uh, you know, Marcellus was this liability or something, but I thought, I, I thought, you know, he played pretty well. You're going to give up completions to these guys. You're going to give up yards. Uh, but I thought Marcellus held his own and that's what you want. And then Cam Smith, of course, was elite. Uh, the rest of the DBs played outstanding. I thought, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Jesse says, what happened with Rose and Nelson this season? Anthony Rose, academic red shirt. Nelson's been in on some special teams, but they're red shirting. They're probably not ready. Maybe he says Juice is a grown man. Do you think he goes pro after this year? I have a feeling he would get some big attention to the combine and workouts. Dude's a full package. Yeah, I think last night, uh, people people kind of hoping Juice would come back. 
<laughs> that may not uh, – that probably doesn't help the calls there because he's he's now like up to 54 receptions. I think he's up there in yardage, all in an offense that body of work-wise hasn't done much this year. Uh, the pros take that into account. and uh, He got several highlights, right? Several highlights. <laughs> I mean, boy, you – and I've been saying he is a good player. That's the thing is, like, yeah, yeah, we've been saying that the whole year is like we just uh, can't didn't get to see it until last night. Uh, I'm just glad, or not last night, but Saturday. I'm glad the whole nation got to see it, though. You know, I'm happy for all the guys, you know, because they were able on their biggest stage of the year to play their best game. And congrats to everybody. Yeah. Tiffany says, I hope we don't lose our whole team. Probably not. Um, You need to. Kind of dig in. I haven't I haven't thought that far ahead, but uh, you know, there'll be some losses this year, but there'll be also be some gains, and then there's some younger players. I mean, you know, you, you think about receiver, you know, Xavier Leggett will be back. Um, Amarian Brown, I think, has another year. Um, you got some younger guys. Uh you can get some probably get guys out of the portal again at receiver. Don't forget about uh oh, what's it, Corey Rucker, who redshirted this year. Um, another guy they got from the portal. So that's uh, that's the deal. Quantrell says, Juice reminds me of Nuke Hopkins, maybe a tick faster physical receiver. Yeah, he's physical like Nuke, but I also think he has that outstanding breakaway speed. You know, because so a lot of times this year, guys, Juice has gotten the ball, and once he breaks, you're not catching him. Um, I, don't, I don't know what he'll run the 40 in. I know he's a bigger guy, six foot – 204 pounds, six, 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 one, something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's the deal. Rakeem said the wide receiver from SC State is in the portal. Really? Shaquan Davis? Hmm. Uh, I, I, I'd tell him, you know, we're a short trip up the road here and invite him immediately to come join the team. <laughs> very, very, very interesting, Rakeem. It's an evil plan. Uh, I think a lot of the offense is coming back. I've said all year, Spencer was here for two years to develop. I don't know. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Uh, DK has another year. I think DK may go someplace else because um, he did walk. You know, the guys that walked, I think, are safe bets to be getting out, even if they have, you know, uh, you know, eligibility left. But, yeah, that's Shaquan Davis. He's from Somerville. Kind of reminds me of another guy from Somerville, A.J. Green. Uh, plays for state. Uh, you saw him when South Carolina State played South Carolina. Uh, NFL guy, future wise, and you know I knew that uh, there was a player that I thought was going to get in the portal last year, folks. Uh, that um, you know I, I kept talking about it, receiver, and he never did. Mm-hmm. It was Sha- Shaquan Davis. You know, not that you know get the Gamecocks were n- nobody was encouraging him to or anything like that. Uh, but it was a situation where, um, you know, talk out of Orangeburg was he was going to get in the portal and then he didn't. Um, and obviously, if he once he does hit the portal, he's going to have a lot of attention. And, and it may not, he may not come to Carolina. I mean, I, mean, I don't think that just because he's in the portal, he's a layup for Carolina. Uh, that would be the type of receiver I would think Clemson would have some interest in, uh, unless Dabo's just back to not going to take anybody on the portal. Uh, a Georgia would have an inter- interest in him, you know, just about a, a lot of everybody, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Daddy has this Spencer made his draftability more lucrative Saturday, um, that kind of thing. Uh, VJ points out if Rattler throws for another 400 spot, he's gone. 
Boy, he yeah. throws for 400 against the Tigers. It's going to be a real interesting game. Um, be another Lady, fun, fun one to watch. Yeah, be another fun yeah. one to watch. Lady Bree says if Spencer stays, Sat will not be gone. I don't agree with that necessarily. But like I said, I don't want to talk about all. I don't want to talk about Satterfield and replacing him and the offense and all that uh, after just today. We'll get back. You know, you guys know I can't really help myself and we can't help ourselves. We'll get back into it, right? <laughs> uh, and Keith will probably talk about it uh, next next hour. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the kind of deal, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what we'll do there. Um, I'm trying to hold off on that just cause it's a, it's a beautiful day. It's Thanksgiving Turkey day coming up. Uh, we'll talk about Turkey, you know, probably get into some food conversation here on the show. Uh, by the way, no show Thanksgiving day, uh, not sure about the black Friday show yet. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to try our best to have something out there. Cause it's Clemson week too, but uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I got to figure out my plans because we've got kind of a different schedule up here. And I know Phil, Phil's going to be with his family too. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, anyway, we got to get to a break. Uh, Keith will be here. Top of the hour coming up on a Monday episode, victory Monday, 3.0 on inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're a listener, you know, I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man. Hey man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes. He takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah. Same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy, Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) 
I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molinax here with you. Joining us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than Keith also. Keith, we uh, kind of all had faith that we had the players and ability to do exactly what we saw on Saturday night. And better late than never, I guess, they delivered, right? I'm still speechless. The same, same. I just uh, watched it all night, just agog. <laughs> My wife told me it's the quietest she's ever heard me watching a South Carolina football game because I sat there in shock. I clapped a couple of times, uh, but mostly, I mean, wow. Uh, you know, I put this on social media yesterday. Uh, if if you, you saw that coming, you're a damn liar, okay? Because nobody saw that coming. Shane Beamer didn't see that coming. I don't care. Uh, you know, just an unbelievable atmosphere in williams Bryce Stadium. And I got to say, you know, I was not there. But the only thing I can really compare it to is the 2012 Georgia game, which was just an absolute ass-kicking from the opening drive. And this was, too. And it doesn't get any sweeter than that for me because everybody knows my disdain uh, for Tennessee, although those were the sweetest helmets uh, they've ever worn. And they really got took behind the woodshed. And, I mean, what a performance for the ages. Spencer Rattler, 30 of 37, 438 yards, seven touchdowns, over 600 yards of total offense, 35 first downs, five drives in the first half, five touchdowns, one punt, and then four more touchdowns. And, guys, I don't know. 
but I just kept waiting for that other shoe to drop and it was 35 to 17 and then it was 35 to 31 and you're like, Oh, here we go. And Carolina answers. And even then at the end of the third quarter, JC, it's third and 20. And I'm like, man, 11 points just ain't enough for 15 minutes left. And South Carolina hits the third and 20 to Juice Wells on a play they ran like three plays earlier for 25 yards. And I still don't know why number five for Tennessee felt the need to talk shit because he got abused. I mean, uh, he probably ought to be in some home for physically abused children or something. Um, they go down, they make it 49-31. And then, you know, unfortunately, the hooker incident, injury takes place. It should have been a scoop and score by Birch. Officials are taught not to blow that whistle. They blew it anyway. Uh, but South Carolina scored. And you know what was kind of the most intriguing thing to me, JC, was Shane Beamer decided 56 ain't enough. We want more. Throw it up to Juice Wells. You got mossed on the sideline. He did get lost. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then two plays later, the crossing route to Jalen Brooks, and it's 63-31. to 31, And Shane Beamer flexed on the UT sideline, which I love because, you know, Josh Heupel's got more chins than wins over South Carolina. And uh, – there you go. I, you know, I thought Tonka Hemingway uh, continues just to become more and more disruptive. And I thought the defense played much better than the numbers bear out, but that's just what you get when you play Tennessee. Cam Smith was phenomenal. I mean, Sherrod Green on that touchdown before the half, Sherrod Green and Zach Pickens, they had the perfect call on by Clayton White. And, uh, you know, Tennessee just got a lucky bounce, but it didn't matter because this night belonged to the Gamecocks from Sandstorm drowning out Rocky Top all the way until Tommy Suggs said, I see orange headed for the exits. <laughs> Tommy, by, by the way, if you listen to some of the call, Tommy Suggs was fired up, yeah, fired yeah. up with the broadcast and <laughs> You know, hey, he deserves it. You know, he's sat through a lot of games uh, and on, the, on that mic there. So uh, happy for Tommy and, and happy for really everybody involved. You know, a couple of unsung heroes, Keith, I was talking about. I want to get your take on them. Uh, Hank Manos and Peyton Williams. <laughs> I mean, as much as we would, we didn't think we'd be talking about this today, the game and all that, I, don't, I didn't think we'd be talking about Hank Manos and, and Peyton Williams today. JC, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at, you know, Douglas comes out and you don't even realize Hank Manos is in the game because every snap was perfect. The protection, uh, he was uh, pulling, he was making uh, plays, making ways for Jaheim Bell for the short perimeter passing game. I thought he 
he was flawless uh, in his time out there. And Peyton Williams outside of the one eye candy play where they, you know, used the motion, they motioned uh, high all the way across the formation. That was really the only impact he had the whole game. Uh, and the ball didn't even go to him. Uh, but he almost had an interception. Uh, he was in position. Look, he plays uh, in probably one of the biggest two or three high school football uh, leagues in the state of Texas, 6A at Rockwall Heath High School is where he came from. Uh, that's in North Dallas. It's a burgeoning, growing area, just like, uh, you know, being north of Austin, Round Rock, now it's got like five or six different high schools. It was just Rockwall High School. Now it's Rockwall Heath and Rockwall, and they generally end up playing each other deep in the 6A playoffs and everything. Uh, and so, you know, it was it was great to see him. He was an early enrollee. Uh, they've been trying to redshirt him, but he was pressed into action, and I thought outside of that one play, which – I mean, let's face it, Nick eamon Warry's had a couple of freshman plays. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. And, you know, DeKarian Joyner, what a senior night for him. What, you know, a great performance at quarterback, blocking at wide receiver, whether it was uh, handing it off or keeping it on the zone read. He was a factor and was one of the uh, impact players of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Where's that been all year? Yeah, I mean, it hadn't, we hadn't seen a, a lot of that. I think I think when they play Joyner, it kind of settles Spencer down a little bit, just to kind of maybe get him on the sidelines and, and whatnot. Then you had the Spencer-Rattler reception. How about that? <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that was something else. And then um, – you know, to carry on did it. He deserves it. I mean, he, he's he's been the quintessential team player uh, at South Carolina, and, and certainly, I guess that's his final game. He, he's got another year, uh, so he'll. Uh, my guess is he may go somewhere and play. Try to play quarterback somewhere, but uh, certainly, you know, a guy that uh, you know maybe you don't hear from for a while, like a lot of these guys. But uh, uh, everybody was clicking. Amari and Brown uh, took a reverse and. Uh, Keith, you know, like, like you told me the other day, he could have scored had he stayed close to the sidelines, but 36-yard run, that was huge. Um, Josh Van in his final game as a Gamecock, uh, looked like the Josh Van we saw last year. Jalen Brooks had some big plays. Jaheim Bell, uh, two touchdowns. Um, you know, it was just a – it was a total team effort <clears throat> um, on that. One more guy, and uh, he actually caught a pass, which I, I was happy for him for catching a pass, but – you know, I thought moving Nate Atkins back to help with pass protection, uh, I thought that was a, a kind of a sneaky good move by the coaching staff. Yeah, JC, I mean, to me, the key all year has been ring the bell, get the ball to Jaheim Bell, two touchdowns, receiving 17 carries, 82 yards, and cut the juice loose. And the juice was loose, and he was dominant. I mean, he and Spencer Rattler should probably be co-SEC Offensive Players of the Week, quite frankly. Uh, I thought, you know, 
this was a different offense, JC. There were no bunch formations. South Carolina uh, flexed out their tight ends most of the night. They were in essentially 11 personnel. Sometimes they would line up with two backs and motion one out. They got the ball on the perimeter to Juju where he made one of those uh, Juju moves for a touchdown. And you know what we also saw was max protection and two-man routes. And it worked. Okay. Uh, There were multiple times, two or three times I counted, there were two-man routes, uh, and it worked. And I don't know, uh, JC, it's kind of like the Kennedy assassination, okay? Was it somebody on the grassy knoll? Was it the Cubans? Was it the mob? Was it the war machine because Kennedy was getting ready to shut down the Vietnam War? Was it a CIA conspiracy? Was Jack Ruby behind some rogue assassination plan? I mean, who was calling plays? Uh, because that was not the same offense. And look, as positive as I've been, and yesterday it was nothing but positivity. The question begs, if Marcus Siderfield really did call every single play, To me, that's a greater indictment and even more compelling evidence of why why Shane Beamer needs to let him ride off into the sunset because, look, nobody expects 30 for 37. Nobody expects 600 yards and 35 first downs. But just the operation, the formations, the rhythm of the offense, it was completely different than it has been at any point all season. And this is what we expected it to look like. We expected for teams to have to defend the entire width and length of the field. That's what really good offenses do. You saw Marion Brown in the speed sweep game. You saw a couple of end arounds. You saw the direct handoff to Juice Wells for the touchdown. They ran it to Xavier Leggett. They got the ball on the perimeter. Then they ran it up inside. They threw across the middle. They ran shallow crossing routes and then uh, hit the deep cross when the post cleared out the deep safety. I mean, they were great concepts. And I don't know, but I ain't ever seen anything like that. From one week to the next, no, you're, you're absolutely correct uh, about that. And uh, that was uh, what was sort of refreshing uh, about it. Well, Clemson's this week. Uh, everybody knows what's at stake. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, you, you sort of look at it. And I don't know what to make of the Tigers uh, a whole lot. Uh, it seems like they may be hitting their stride a little bit, just like last year. But uh, noon kickoff, Death Valley. uh in the modern era, South Carolina, when they've broken losing streaks to Clemson, I, th- I think the exception will be in uh, probably be 01 and 09 when they, they broke the streak uh, in Columbia. But uh, there's been a lot of times where they've gone up to, to Memorial Stadium and won uh, and broken streaks. 06 comes to mind. Uh, you know, the uh, 92 comes to mind. Um, 84 comes to mind. 
So, uh, you know, I, when you look at the series, you know, Carolina actually – and if you look at the series since uh, 2016, the one game Carolina was even in was up there. So, I mean, my point is Carolina plays better for whatever reason uh, at Memorial Stadium than they do at Williams-Brice in this series. Um, I'm not conceding it, Keith. I, I, think, I think Carolina's got a shot to go up there and win. I mean, JC, if you can come close to replicating what you did on offense, I agree. I think South Carolina does have a chance. Maybe that game is what it took to get Spencer Rattler, you know, over the hump. I'm I'm listening to Cole Kublik's show last night, and he's talking about hearing a story that Shane Beamer brought Spencer Rattler in and says, look, I could have gone out and got any quarterback out of the transfer portal to come in here and dink and dunk around and throw it out of bounds. I went and got you because you can throw the ball down the field. And for whatever reason, you hadn't been throwing it down the field. And I need you to cut it loose. And dude, Spencer Rattler cut it loose. And I mean, what a perfect time with – Herb Street, Fowler, Holly Rowe. I mean, Williams Bryce was rocking, and it was Tennessee. And no fruit sucks like the big orange, for sure. <laughs> and so, um, what a difference a week makes. JC, this team from week to week, I mean, I hate to quote Forrest Gump, but it's kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And we That's, don't know. And to me, therein is the rub with this team. You don't know what you're going to get from week to week. And plus, an emotional high like that, how do you get back up? How do you replicate that? Plus, I'll say this, Tennessee's front seven is not nearly as imposing as uh, – sorry, there's an amber alert – um, you know, Tennessee's front seven is not nearly as imposing as Clemson. I mean, Clemson's got dudes on that defensive line. And that's going to be tough. You know, last year I thought South Carolina had a chance. And the only two times they even crossed midfield was the last play of the first half and the very last series of the game. Uh, and South Carolina couldn't stop the run. And to me, that's still very concerning. Uh, is Clemson run the ball? I mean, they got a 6'5", 250-pound tailback, DJU. Uh, he keeps it. And then Will Shipley, you know, certainly one of the premier uh, running backs in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's going to be a big challenge. Uh, Dakari Collins and – Antonio Williams have been threats on the outside for them. Uh, you know, Maffa is a big-time tailback. Uh, Kobe uh, Pace or Price or whatever he goes by, that guy's really good. I mean, Clemson can line up and run it, and uh, their defense is very imposing. So this is it's a difficult matchup. I agree. I, I think it definitely is, I, I, and I think they'll be ready because uh, I think – if there was any kind of thought that, oh, maybe they won't, uh, maybe they'll, 
you know, kind of look past Carolina since they're in the playoff hunt or whatever. Uh, the results Saturday probably say otherwise because, you know, Georgia Tech beat North Carolina. Uh, that kind of takes a little shine off the Tar Heels, I guess, and uh, the Gamecocks won uh, like they did. All right, real quick before we get you out of here, Keith, the women's basketball team, uh, resilient win, I thought. Uh, I actually watched some of it uh, toward the end against Stanford, uh, number one team in the country. Uh, what can you say about Dawn Staley's crew uh, pa- passing a big – I'd say first test, a big first test of the season. Well, just one thing on that Georgia Tech win. I'm convinced that uh, Bobby Cremens was on the Georgia Tech sideline because he's the only one that knows how to beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So uh, <laughs> I got to give the former Gamecock captain credit there. I thought, J.C., uh, that South Carolina would win this game because they were tougher than Stanford and that they were had more grit. Uh, you know, obviously the Gamecocks did not play their best. Uh, they flew out on Friday, then they got to play Sunday noon uh, West Coast time. And Stanford's really good. Tara Vanderbeer has uh, recruited really well out there. They got Haley Jones, who is one of the best players in the nation. Uh, Aaliyah Boston gets in early foul trouble. Uh, Victoria Saxton and Camila Cardoso were total non-factors and, in fact, liabilities. I mean, Saxton misses two free throws late in the overtime. Cardoso has a late turnover uh, when Stanford, you know, South Carolina could have ran out the clock. Um but the bench of South Carolina and the depth of this team is really what made the difference. I mean, you look at it, uh, bench points, and South Carolina uh, just totally dominated Stanford uh, in bench points. I got to pull up uh, my stats here, but I think it was uh, 34 to 9. And I thought. Uh, the heroes for South Carolina off the bench, uh, Leticia Ami here with uh, nine points, six rebounds. She goes up and gets a second miss free throw rebound when South Carolina had the possession arrow, and that kept the ball with the Gamecocks. And then Breezy Hall, who's been getting over the flu, uh, she hits two huge three-pointers, including one with 41 seconds to go in the overtime. Aaliyah Boston uh, hits the shot that sends the game into overtime. South Carolina held Stanford scoreless for the first six minutes and one second of the fourth quarter and outscored them 32 to 17 over the fourth quarter and the overtime to come back and get the win. And Alex English said it on Twitter, uh, South Carolina's in Stanford's head. I mean, this is, you know, two years in a row, the Gamecocks have rallied against them from double digits. Uh, They were down 10 going in the fourth quarter, down by as many as 12 last year. It was 18. And uh, Haley Jones, 5 of 19 from the field. Okay. Uh, Bree Beal uh, really did a number on her and Bree Beal 
uh, hit two big three-pointers in that game uh, and played outstanding defense. And so South Carolina won with grit and toughness and defense and depth, and that's really what won this team a national championship last year. Absolutely. As talented as South Carolina is, I, I think that's uh, – they were talking – Debbie Antonelli on, during the men's broadcast was talking about uh, Dawn Staley's team, just how gritty and tough and defensive-minded they are, uh, as talented as they are. And, and I, those teams are hard to beat uh, with resilience and all that good stuff. Well, Keith, good stuff. Thanks for joining us today. And, uh, hey, who knows what we'll be talking about next Monday, man. <laughs> we can we – can, we can, I, I want you. I want you to solve the uh, play calling conundrum. I mean, other than the Kennedy assassination, it may be the greatest conspiracy of all times. <laughs> Perhaps so. Perhaps so. All right, bud. Take it easy, man. Go Gamecocks. I'm out of here. The great hey, Keith Allsup joins us every Monday for a recap. Everybody loves it. Phil. Uh, did we have a bunch of an abnormally large group in the chat box today or something? We have an abnormally large group in the chat box as well as an abnormally large uh, number of live viewers that uh, we don't usually see coming out of a Monday. <laughs> so, welcome, welcome. Welcome the, one and all. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to our evil lair. That's right. Yeah, I feel, I feel kind of Stupid no. about putting the no. Nah, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up about that. No, you don't. It took ten up. freaking games this year, JC, to see that happen. You don't feel stupid about it at all. No. All right, all right, all right. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, the James Bond villain pulls off one good heist before he tells him, you know, exactly what he's gonna do for his next one, and that's when the plan gets foiled. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gotten away with it if he were for your like wall scoop. <laughs> So, anyway, Sean is a teacher, and he's off for Thanksgiving week. Congratulations, Sean. My uh, mom, I think, is off. What are they working down there in Greenville, Phil? Two they work, uh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, and then they're off for the rest of the week. They're off for the rest of the week. Yeah, I, got a, I got a text from your better half this morning. She was jamming to some John Sakata headed into a two-day work week. She, she, was, she like, called me right after that, too, saying, like, if you listen to this, we'll be on the same page. You it's know, like, right, yeah, right, yeah, if you go. See. Anyway. I got some uh, programming. I got a good, interesting program update for us on Wednesday's show. Of course, on Wednesdays, you know, we're always joined by Jamie Bradford, but this week, we will not only have Bradford, but Michael Flint will join us as well. All on Wednesday afternoon. Is it all the same time too? Yeah, uh, everybody's going to be chatting together, man. It'll be great. All right, so Flint and Bradford at the same time. Chris Phillips also, I think, is on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to try to get David Hood from TigerNet on to talk a little Clemson. You guys better be nice. David's <laughs> a friend of mine uh, to get the Tigers' perspective. Uh, and then, of course, the mental edge tomorrow. And, you know, I'll make a judgment call about a Friday show. I don't know. I just don't uh, that Black Friday. I kind of like to sit around and watch ball, you know, and and laugh mm. at and get shopping done on Amazon and laugh <laughs> at everybody who's at the mall. Uh, uh, so that's it. Uh, Doug says coming in hot. Nothing from you in forty eight hours. JC thought you may still be celebrating. Yeah, Doug, and, and I'll explain this again. I don't put up. I always with game thoughts and anything like that. I, I always wait. You know, I like to kind of take Sunday decompress. Maybe watch the Bears, and I, I got drugged to a Bears watch party yesterday, and they lost to the 
the Falcons. And that was weird because I grew up a Falcons fan. And, uh, I didn't really know who to pull for. So we go there and have a little brunch yesterday. And I like to kind of relax on Sundays. I mean, you, you can even ask like my friends. I, I don't answer the phone. Um, and so that's kind of a day to, to get my thoughts together. And then always have the game thought call, you know, game thoughts up first thing Monday morning on the Big Spur. I just have to like, you know, I have to kind of process it because just like you guys, I get emotional too. And I've made some mistakes uh, being emotional and then having an emotional reaction rather than actually looking at it. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I kind of make a rule and, I, and I've, I made a rule, no posting during the game, no nothing like that. And, and, and see, when I post during the game, if I post and then I leave the site, it just leave like Whittle and Hale have to deal with everybody's reaction. And so that's one of the reasons I, I just do it Monday. But, no, I uh, I didn't really celebrate yesterday. I just kind of had a glow about me. You know, I went and saw my buddies, and, you know, they, they could give a flip about South Carolina or any college football team. They just uh, bat, they gamble on it, you know. None of them gambled on Carolina, but they were happy for me. They're like, Gamecocks, man, you know, uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, Drew says, JC, are you worried about any bowl opt-outs? It's always possible these days. It's unfortunate because I think the national media sort of eggs it on. But I'll say this, you know, Carolina goes and plays Florida State or Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. Uh, these guys that may be on the fence about going pro or whatever, that's another great opportunity. I mean – because you're playing against two two of the biggest name brand teams or one of the two uh, in college football. So uh, I would imagine there wouldn't be – there weren't a lot last year. Who opted out last year? Was Quandre White opted Quandre out? Quandre White was – was he the only one? He was the main one that – no, J.J. No, Barre yeah. opted out too. Mm -hmm. um, so it could happen. It could happen, and that's just part of life. I mean – Look, man, that game Spencer Rattler lit up the Florida Gators in the Cotton Bowl in 2020. Uh, here's a little secret. Half of Florida's team opted out. And, like, so the line – that was the easiest money I've ever made. The line in that one was, like, Oklahoma minus 13. I was like, Florida doesn't have any players. They're, they're going to – they're basically playing against Kyle Trask and the Gators' second team. Oklahoma's going to stick it in their eye, and they did. Um you know, but as I say that to just say, hey, opt outs are kind of part of life these days in college football. It is unfortunate. Uh, but I think, you know, a game like the Gator Bowl, if they do play a big time opponent, uh, I think that would be pretty attractive uh, to a lot of the players. And I also think this, if you're if you're college football and you want the opt outs to end, start cutting the NIL deals for kids to play in bowl games. Yeah. Include that as part of the package, not just a swag bag. Yeah, all these all these bowl games have corporate sponsors or whatever. I mean, hook it up, you know, if, mm -hmm. if, if that's what you want. Um, and, and I think it would be good. Uh, maybe, says Rattler, also didn't do as much reading. He just lasered in a lot of time out there, and it worked. Yeah, and he, well, it also – what he did is he operated fast. I mean, you know, he and he, he would look off other receivers and, and other guys would be open. And he has such a good arm, guys. I mean, he makes throws other guys can't, you know, so fast. Zip it uh, and maybe says he's at his best, but he's not having to overthink think things. He can just go out there and sling it. Yeah, like backyard ball. I mean, look at the touchdown to Bell when he, he, he rolls to the right, nothing there. He cuts back to the left. He's got his eyes downfield. Boom, there's Bell wide open. I mean, and that wasn't like a, that was like a scramble play and a short pass, but 
you know, that kind of thing showed me also that he was kind of in the zone and feeling, uh, feeling the game. Uh, and I think sometimes, you know, he hadn't really had that all year. Spencer hadn't, you know, there, there's not been a game where you could really say he was feeling it the whole time. And it was him that was out there making plays. And so I'll say this, it's, uh, you know, sometimes when quarterbacks have that breakthrough, they kind of stay there, right? So there's your there's your optimism for uh, the Clemson game and maybe a bowl game as well. So that that's it there. Marion says Nick Harbor was at the game Saturday. I don't know. I haven't confirmed that. And you guys need to forgive forgive me too. I have not caught up in recruiting yet because I had to get my game thoughts out this morning and uh, also, uh, you know, uh, also had to get ready for the show. And I got to do JC and Morgan after this. So. Uh, that's the deal there. Clint answered for you. He was supposed to make it, but didn't. Um, Krager says the first throw to Trey Kenyon. By the way, shout out Trey Kenyon. Yeah, where's that? First play of the year. Game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he, he took off up the sidelines. That was a beautiful throw. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the linebacker from – all right, so the linebacker from SC State hit the portal. Did the receiver hit the portal or was it the linebacker? Mm. You guys figure this out. B.J. Davis. So Shaquan Davis is the receiver. BJ is another guy. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for the transfer portal um, right there. Uh, uh, Sean adds, Bell remarked in the interview he was supposed to be blocking the blind side on the scramble touchdown. Hey, who cares? I was like, I was like sometimes things work out, right? That's the scramble play work out. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he, he messed up and made up for it. Who knows? Uh, Jim says Harbor was at Maryland. Yeah, watch out for Maryland there. Watch out for Maryland. Somebody said something about Georgia earlier too, but uh, I, I think Maryland would be outside of like Michigan and South Carolina. To me, Maryland would probably be the uh, the dark horse. You know, Quantrell says, "What's your preferred bowl destination?" Well, Vegas is probably off the table. Um. So since Vegas is off the table, I would definitely say Jacksonville. And I and I think, you know, based on what Brad Crawford's reported and done an excellent job doing, um, I think they're the Gator Bowl wants Carolina. I think sometimes if you're six and six, it's hard. But uh, you know, with the way all those bowls are bunched together now, uh, in that pool of six, as we had our guy on to explain, uh, I think getting to seven does it, Phil. Yeah, probably so, I, I would think. And I, I don't know if there's much more you could improve by winning this weekend to change your bowl destination just because of the way things look above you. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. yeah, and, and actually Tennessee losing to Carolina, that that bumps everybody down because it's, mm-hmm. it's unlikely now that they get two in the playoff, uh, the SEC. So – uh, you know, Kentucky's sitting there. Boy, Florida's going to finish six and six again. Mm. Mm. Uh, Kentucky, uh, Missouri's got to win to get to a bowl. Auburn's got to win the Iron Bowl to get there. I doubt they will. Um, you know, there'll be a bunch of teams. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Carolina, all, all are sitting at seven or more. Uh, Arkansas's now at six, so they could get to seven. Uh, but they, you know, Arkansas. Texas Bowl, Vegas Bowl, all the Western thing. I, I think it just – I think the timing's right. You know, Carolina hadn't played the Gator Bowl since 1987. Um, you know, they have a long history there. It's just right down the road. It's a good date. It's uh, December 30th. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see. All right, we got to take our final break here on Victory Monday. Victory. Victory Monday 3.0. Oh, hurt me. Oh, hurt me. Yeah, I love it. Um, and all that. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break. Get back. Finish up with more from the Nana Sports chat box. Also, when we get back, Phil probably need to read a little out of the iHealth Consulting mailbag. Um, start with this uh, Joseph. This email from Joseph right here inside the Game Crushes show. Wrap it up when we get back. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Mer Taylor, at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yep. Yep. Time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Oh, nice. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is brought to you in the second hour by the Burgesson team at Remax Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email at a Burgesson. That's a B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net. A couple of things we should clean up, I think, here, JC. First, I want to mention, uh, I hate that for Hendon Hooker. That is a terrible way to end your college career. He was probably yeah. the best player in college football this year. And uh, hate to see that that's how his college career is going to end with a non-contact injury ACL. Um, and then uh, Spencer Rattler is co-offensive player of the week for the conference with uh, Rocket Sanders, Arkansas. And I believe I saw where Trey Jones is a co-offensive lineman of the week. Ooh, good, good job, Trey. Well, Trey. Mm-hmm. All right, Abbeville's finest. Uh, he of touchdown versus Auburn fame, Trey Jones. <laughs> uh, very athletic offensive lineman, by the way. 24-7 sports had him as four stars coming out. Uh, Carolina survived a late push by Oregon and Miami to end up landing him uh, back, back during recruiting. So uh, congratulations to Trey and to, to everyone involved. Uh, and all that good stuff. Nana Sports chat box has got into like some playoff talk. We're going to go to the mailbag, uh, Phil. Mm. Um, how about this from Joseph coming in? JC and Phil Monster. Phil Monster. Well, I, I know. That, yeah, I do too. That's awesome. I know there will be a lot of questions about the OC, obviously. Obviously, yep. his best game plan since the bowl game, I would agree. I think Tennessee's hubris got the best of them. Mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know. They thought they could go man-to-man all night, uh, and our guys beat the brakes off of them. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, they they kind of threw everything at us. We saw man, we saw zone, we saw, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, and we just continued to win. It made Spencer look sharp because they didn't mix up coverages and was only able to pressure him three times throughout the game. However, if we roll up seven-plus touchdowns against Clemson, how much momentum will there be to keep set? The inconsistency is an issue for me. It reminds me of my golf game. Out of 20 rounds, I may play one or two where it looks like I'm a good golfer. My driver irons and short game will be on point, and I'll shoot in the high 80s. But most of the time, I just suck. Thanks, Joseph. See, that's the thing about golf, isn't it, Joseph? You go out there, and and it gives you just enough every once in a while to keep hitting the links. (laughs) 
<laughs> think just a little breath of, hey, I might be decent at this, so let's go try it again. No, here's the thing. I think you speak of it. Uh, the inconsistency is an issue for me as well, sir. I, I don't understand why it is that this offense looks like a completely different team sometimes week to week. Um, and I believe that is a major issue moving forward. Now, that being said, I mean, he's going to keep making this case stronger and stronger. He scores 63 points up here at Memorial Stadium Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a little tougher to do it, but I think at this point we've seen enough. I don't know. How about you, JC? Uh, I'm with you. Like I said, I don't want to – yeah. I don't want to continue to beat the subject to death. To me, if I look at the big picture, it's almost, I mean, so, so what they do? Uh, well, it's the stuff we've been talking about all year, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see sort of what happens. I, I, I do think uh, in terms of that big picture that this weekend is important because you don't, what you don't want to do is revert. I, I thought Carolina had a good game plan at Vandy, you know? Um Vandy's past defense obviously isn't all that great. I mean, they gave up 400 yards to Anthony Richardson passing Saturday in the in the win. But, you know, the, they were able to stop Florida from running it uh, for most of the game and stuff. Um, and Carolina lit them up 31 points first half. Uh, you know, and I thought that style was pretty good. And then Florida, we didn't see it. Uh, we kind of saw – a bunch of stuff between the hashes and kind of played right into their hands. And then Tennessee, you know, whatever they were trying to do defensively. And I don't, I don't know that they didn't mix up their coverages, Joseph. I, mm. I, I kind of thought they did a little yeah, bit. Watching it this morning, I thought they did a little bit more than I did on initial. Inspection. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, you know, when we look at it live, sometimes it seems that way. Uh, and you're right. Tennessee could not get any pressure and that's their whole defense, man. It's a high-risk, high-reward defense. And I talked about momentum at the top of the show. South Carolina, uh, on both sides of the ball, did not let them establish that momentum. Maybe they had it a little bit when they cut it before, okay? Mm. But uh, I thought Carolina came right back and responded and counterpunched. And in any football game, you're going to have moments where you need to go counterpunch, and Carolina did that. And in the games they've won this year, South Carolina's done that. You know, you think about the Kentucky game. 7-7, 7-7, seven, seven. Wildcats have momentum going to the locker room. I don't think anybody wearing blue in that stadium thought they'd run away with it, but they were feeling pretty confident. And then, boom, here we go. You know, 17 unanswered points. Texas A&M, you know, every time they would kind of get back in the game, Carolina's offense, led by Marshawn Lloyd, would go on a drive and score. Um, you know, I, I think that's what you have to do is counterpunch. Um, and Carolina did that on both sides, I think, over and over and over again. Saturday night. Now, it's not going to be as easy at Clemson. Clemson's just a better defense uh, than Tennessee. But uh, at the same time, I was talking with a buddy of mine. I said, I don't think it's going to take 63 for either team to win the game Saturday. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's going to take 63 points to beat Clemson Saturday. I don't think they need to score 63 to beat Carolina. So um, let's hope they don't. You know, that would be that. uh, It's kind of been a roller coaster around here, you know, uh, during the Beamer era. Um, and I think that's fine when you're kind of in your first couple of seasons. Um, I, I still believe that this uh, group left some left some uh, some uh, wins on the field this year. I, I think they uh, uh, will look back on it and think that. But I also think this, and, and here, here's something to consider. 
Beamer and the, those guys go out and beat Clemson and win the bowl game. That's nine and four. Uh, I think that's a heck of a record for his second year, same as Muschamp had his second year. Uh, I guess probably a tougher schedule. Um, Muschamp didn't beat a top five team. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I I do think that you, you, when you look at that, if he can do that, uh, here, here's a little piece of news. He will be the winningest coach after two years in the history of South Carolina football with 16 wins. Yep. There are only two coaches in South Carolina history who have bested seven wins in each of their first two seasons. We are living under the current one. And the last one, of course, I'm sure everybody could guess is the head ball coach. Yeah. Seven and five, eight and five. Uh, Muschamp actually tied. Uh, and Joe Morrison has this record, too. Joe Morrison has the best winning percentage because he was five and six, but then went 10 and two. So he was 15 and eight. Uh, the ball coach was 15 and 10. Uh, Muschamp was 15 and 11. But they all three got the same number of wins. If Beamer could get to 16, he's got the wins. He got the he has the, the wins record. Um, so that's kind of the thing uh, right there. Jay Rock said we could easily be a nine-win team right now. Uh, absolutely. Can and Jim says can Sat learn to simplify and customize the player's strengths? Would be great to have consistency, but not consistently bad. I think that's been the whole key to this entire thing. Uh, you know, I mean, and. That's what we've all kind of been preaching. It's too complicated. You're they're doing too much. You're trying to, you know. And and what's crazy is I think sometimes when coaches try to be too complicated, it looks like it's the simplest, like uh, easiest to defend, nothing of an offense ever. But then sometimes when you simplify, it, it looks like you're, uh, you know, they look like the Sooners out there, a little <laughs> Oklahoma. You know, uh, when when they had Lincoln Riley, I mean, it was that you know, it was that much of a difference. Uh, so I think sometimes the outcome uh, it, it looks more creative and fun and, and all that when you when you simplify it down and you tell the guys just to go play, then um, you know, then then if you, you try to make it overly complex, Daddy O says, JC, who holds the interception record at Carolina? Interceptions thrown. Todd Ellis. Todd will, Ellis. <laughs> it will never Todd be – that, that will, 73 picks, man. It'll never be broken. No. Nope. Never be broken. Uh, Quantrell says he saw Under Armour commenting on a lot of posts. It's too late. Carolina's destined for Jordan Brand. I'd like to see it. I'd love to see it. I think that would yeah. be the best thing they could do. And then the lady we talked about earlier, Dawn Staley with Keith, uh, I think she could drive that because women buy shoes too. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. More probably more than men, you know. So if you're Nike, you know, that's a big time market right there. Um, I'm Chunk said one thing, sir. The Tennessee game highlighted our players' talent fantastically. Yeah. And I've been saying this. I've been saying this. You know, they have players on the roster. They have players on the roster. So, you know, and, and I've said that all year on, on offense. That's why it was so maddening the games that they've had. Um, all that. Yeah. Daddy has said, yeah, I know. Just wanted you to emphasize it again, JC. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> hurt me. Hurt me, Tommy. <laughs> Look, happy for Todd too. Cause he's got to sit up there. And yeah, man. They both game. do. Yeah. Good, bad or ugly. They got to be up there doing yeah. it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Tommy was really fired up. You know, yeah. I go, I look at the, the, the S the SF cocking highlights on YouTube. Something you can check that out at S SF cocking. And so he's got the highlights, but he puts the radio broadcast audio under it. And it's awesome 
and you, Tommy was just so fired up. And I was so happy for him, man. Think about how much bad football Tommy Suggs has watched over the years. And, and, it, and, and, and I think we all have. But, but I think it's worth it for these moments because you kind of get a, re, a return on your, not only your investment with your money, but your investment with your time and your investment with, you know, your emotions every week. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's great to get that return. Don't you feel? Yeah, I, it really is. I, I mean, it's just, it's awesome for everybody associated, you know, like in the sphere of the program that doesn't always get on TV or is the face of the program, you know, it just, and fans alike, you just, you, you've suffered through some rough games this year where felt like you should have won and didn't. And then on the biggest stage, on the biggest night, you come away with a solid performance and just, yeah. Hats off to everybody, man. I just can't say it enough. Everybody, including Marcus, had a great game on Saturday. <laughs> Doug says credit where credit is due. You've been beating the Juice Wells drum all year. To be honest, I had no idea until he put on that clinic. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, well, his numbers haven't. And then he's had some games where he's caught like seven for 40 because they've just thrown it to him behind the line of scrimmage over and over. But I think we sh- we saw why. Uh, and I'll gladly take credit for that because I've, I've always kind of thought, you know, this kid could be special. Uh, and I, like when, when, you know, you kind of sit there in recruiting and I, I don't, I don't, I don't get emotional about recruits making one decision or, or, or the next because uh, it's my job and it's unprofessional if I did. But um, there are guys that you sit there and go internally like me and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I, I really hope Carolina gets this guy because this guy's really good. And, uh, I think it went under the radar cause he came from James Madison. But if you notice Texas, Sark offered him at Texas, Florida wanted him. North Carolina was his other school, uh, there, Michigan, there was more coming, you know, for juice. Uh, and the Gamecocks wrapped him up, Justin step. Uh, this is why I get upset with people when they're talking about step and his recruiting the high school level, I'm like, well, you got you got to count Juice Wells. I mean, uh, he arguably beat more of the top programs in the country for him than, you know, another guy. But, uh, you know, I, I I've always thought he was special, and they used him exactly how they needed to use him. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown too on a reverse. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just too many too many to count. You know, uh, Jeff Fowler says Tommy needs a Purple Heart watching us. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from a real Marine, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saunders says, no Christian UNC fan today. I was hoping he could share a big plate of crow this morning. Oh, well, yeah. Well, for those that weren't with us on Friday, we had a Tar Heel come in here and uh, start talking a little smack. It says he loves the show. Yeah, I know. It's one of the most active chat boxes we've had all year, and uh, no haters present today. No, 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 no Clemson <laughs> Trolls. No, no. And the Clemson <laughs> Trolls will probably make their way in about midweek, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandon says, what would surprise you more on offense Saturday, a strategy similar to what we saw last week, or a relapse? <sighs> Man, I hate to even speak that evil. I don't even want to think about it. But, you know, I mean, uh, here, here's, a, here's, here's my take. The offense we see on Saturday is the offense we see on Saturday. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate as to what that's going to be, how that's going to look. <laughs> Or operate because you just there's you can't. I mean, there's nobody in this world who could accurately say here's exactly what the plan is for Saturday because you know there's just too many X factors. 
Realistic Joel says, I am here. Sorry I was late. JC was right. I was wrong about Saturday. Go Gamecocks. I picked the Vols to win 49-21, brother. <laughs> I'm just as wrong as you were. Mm. Uh, but uh, heck of a win, right? You know, you take it. You, you take it. I'd, I'd, I'd rather – I'd rather be here and be like wrong about a, a predicting a loss than if I predicted some win and massive upset and then the score was reversed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll gladly eat this crow, but uh, you For know, sure. the, the other crow, <laughs> you know, whatever. So happy, happy, happy. He says if the offensive defense are spinning like they were against Tennessee, against Clemson, Clemson's in for a butt whipping this weekend, go Cox and beat Clemson. I think there's a shot, but I thought there was a shot last year, just like he said. You know, you, you kind of – you look at the patterns around here and sometimes, you know, a big win will follow a not-so-big win, not-so-great performance. Now, I'll say this. The Gamecocks did have back-to-back big wins this year at Kentucky and then at home against A&M. They had an open date between those two games. But uh, – so it's not like there was some letdown. The letdown came, obviously, against Missouri the following weekend. Um and, you know, I guess if I could compare defense to Clemson's, Missouri probably be kind of like that, but with more NFL guys, you know, as far as that aggressive attacking type of deal. And, and But I'll say this too, Tennessee is also an aggressive blitz happy. So, so you know, that would become my question is uh, why wasn't – why didn't you do this against Missouri? Because uh, the Missouri – you know, anyway, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're looking back. I know. Same thing. I, I thought of looking too, but, back. Yeah. Mm, I know. <laughs> I, I thought I had a Garth Brooks song, "The Dance." Looking back, yeah. <laughs> all the crappy games you called. <laughs> the night we. I uh, agree, uh, right, That's the look I want to see this weekend. I want to see the full storm troopers. <laughs> I want to see the full storm. Someone on the message board. Uh, had a great idea. The uh, the the block C old school helmets that uh, they wore against SC State. Do mm-hmm. that with the stormtrooper look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'd be kind of fly. That would be but, fun. But, mm-hmm. but I would like to see the stormtrooper look. I you know don't do the garnet the garnet. If you're gonna do garnet uh, helmets, do garnet pants, garnet mm-hmm. white garnet or something like that, or black white black something like that. I don't know. I, I shoot here. I am talking about the uniforms, Phil. My I God. know, man. Yeah, I, that's what happens when you win. Violating <laughs> rules. Craiger makes a good point. We had no shot last year. We didn't have any receivers, and that's true. Remember last year in that game, Van got uh, had a hamstring injury like mm-hmm. the week of the game, and he wasn't himself in that one or North Carolina. Okay, Van was injured, so he couldn't get open, uh, and I don't think they do really. Where else to throw it? You know, EJ Jenkins had a big, big play and uh, all that. But uh, you have to be able to throw the ball to beat Clemson because they're going to – against Venables, okay? Venables sells out to stop the run. Everybody in college football knows that. They just don't – they make it really tough on you to run the ball uh, if you're not able to throw it. And they knew Carolina wasn't going to be able to throw it, so that was the deal. Uh, they're happy, happy, happy. He says, I want the black helmets with the white this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Chancey says, do you think Beamer's doing some gamesmanship with Clemson with regards to Marshawn Lloyd, or is his injury more serious than initially expected? I'm leaning towards the latter. Um, I, I, I don't know that the injury is more serious. He just hasn't responded uh, the leg. Uh, my question would have been last week, uh, if you know it's one of those things where he can go for a little while 
but then it, it once he once it starts to flare up on him, he has to leave the game. Uh, my thing would have been what instead of practicing him Wednesday, just uh, let him play in the game until he he can't go anymore, and then rock and roll. But I don't know, you know, it, it, maybe he doesn't want to play because he's hurt. He doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot that uh, a lot to say. Craig says the uniforms were awful this past weekend. You know what, Craig? I'm with you, and, and you know you can ask ten Gamecock fans about uniforms. You get ten different answers. Yeah. Uh, but like that black garnet garnet look, they've won two of the <laughs> the opener. They they wore that combo. They won a uh, And M. They wore that combo. They won uh, in Tennessee. They wore that combo, and they won. To me, they look like Texas Tech when they do that. But. Uh, yeah, whatever works, man. I don't care, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah, that not that what you're wearing has any impact on how you play on the field, though, you know. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. It's, it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't, it's like people, I, yeah. I do love that Stormtrooper look, though. I, I do. I think that's yeah. that's been part of so many big wins uh, of this program over the years. And we got to go. We're out of time. Man, All right. I got to go record a daggum, uh, record a daggum, uh, JC and Morgan podcast. We're going to actually talk about this game with Mike uh, and all their college football topics. Obviously, you can always get this on podcast format shortly after we are done. Also, the video will be up on YouTube. Thanks to all of you uh, here today. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. It's going to be a fun week. Clemson week, the biggest weekend of the year coming up. Uh, we'll have lots to talk about for the rest of this week. So, so for Phil, this is JC. Happy Monday, everyone. Victory Monday 3.0 is in the books. We'll be back tomorrow as we turn our attention more toward the Tigers on Inside the Game Cox's show.